You're listening to a Church Doctor production. You're listening to the Big Church, Small Church podcast with John Hunter. Conversations and tips for churches to engage in outreach communities to reach new people for God in your neighborhood. Welcome to the Big Church, Small Church podcast. Today we're talking about the topic of pastoral care within the church. How can you raise up and equip church members to do some of the pastoral ministry within your church. I've called this title help because let's face it, we've all needed pastoral care from time to time, but also church leaders need help in doing pastoral care. We thank you for listening today. And we hope that this podcast is making an impact in your church and in your neighborhood. Uh, Usually we talk about um, how to reach unchurched people um, but once you reach those unchurched people, you want to keep those unchurched people and you want to also help them to grow, be, grow to be more Christ-like. And that's the, the part of where pastoral care comes in. If you hear something that is helpful from today's podcast, we would appreciate it if you would share it on your social media platforms. Uh, that would do us a huge favor and we thank you big time. We'd love to hear and field any questions that you might have about this podcast. So make sure you get in touch with us. Also, please go to thesaidmovement.com to download today's show notes. I'm going to put a link on today's show notes of some pastoral uh, pastoral ministry that I came across uh, years ago that's been um, super helpful in helping me and helping me think about pastoral care in the church. So make sure you go down download that today at thesaidmovement.com. Pastoral care. What are we talking about when we talk about pastoral care? Well, I think it means that, that we're talking about shepherding people. I think that's often the, the picture that the Bible gives us, right? That Jesus, he was the great shepherd and he shepherded people. He shepherded his sheep, right? Like a, like a shepherd and a flock of sheep. And that's often how I think that we look at the local church. You have the pastor and you have their local flock. And, you know, I think that, that, that pastoral care or, or shepherding um, really comes down to helping people and empowering people to become mature disciples. And I think this really comes down to, it's coming alongside hurting church members, right? That we all have times where we go through um, pain or times of difficulty. Um, I think some some people often, you know, experience that more than others. But, um, you know, it's the job of the pastor to come alongside those who are hurting and, and helping to guide them. You know, the pastors are the guides, they're the shepherds to help people to find healing and reconciliation in Jesus. That Jesus is the one who comes uh, by power. Jesus is the only one that can heal. But shepherds are there to put an arm around them, to pray with them, and to be God's representative to these people. But one of the main problems is that a lot of the pastoral work comes down to the lead pastor or um, you know, uh, just the, the church leaders and a ministry is, is demanding. There's a lot of different aspects of, uh, of ministry. Pastors are preaching most weeks. Uh, they have Bible studies to lead. A lot of them are also leading council meetings are visiting shut-ins, doing hospital visits, visiting those who are sick. There are a lot of things to balance in being a pastor, not mentioning doing any kind of weddings or funerals on the weekends. And so it can be a really demanding 
to be a pastor. And I don't think, I think one of the things that, and, and why pastors are burning out so much is that pastors weren't meant to do it all, but they're meant to equip the body to do ministry so that they can use their spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit equips the body to build the body up into maturity from Ephesians 4. Some churches have expanded some of their pastoral care to what they call Stephen ministers. And these are people who are either trained and equipped uh, to do some of the pastoral needs within the church. Or some churches have have kind of what they call a pastoral care team. And I think this helps some, but I don't think it's still a complete resolution. And the problem isn't just that pastors are burning out, even at incredible rates. The main problem is that we're not equipping people to be disciples of Jesus. We're not multiplying the, the ministry of Jesus as Jesus talked about in, in his great commission, that the pastoral work is meant for um, the whole body um, as we minister to one another. Interesting uh, statistics. In the mid 2000, Willow Creek, they actually did a survey on 6,000 of their members. That's a lot of people to do a survey on. And they had a philosophy at Willow Creek that they, they thought that, that people would continue to grow in their spirituality if they, had, if they did three things. If they would attend Sunday worship, um, join a small group, and do other programs um, within the spiritual, that the spiritual community provided. So if they did those three things, they thought that, that members would grow and continue to grow. And what they found was that new Christians... Um, people who were new to faith or they were baby Christians, they grew a lot. But what happened was that people, once they reached a certain point in their, in their, um, in their kind of in their spiritual walk. And, and as people started to get, um, further along in their, their journey as they, they went deeper with God, um, a lot of them ended up leaving the church. They were really unhappy with each, these church. So the church was really good reaching new people, but in terms of discipling and continued discipling people, um, what they found was that, uh, they, they weren't so good at that. And so this is a really kind of an honest look at this church, um, this very, very large church that that's in Chicago. And so these people that were leaving, it was, it's strange that a lot of these people that they found out that they were actually lay leaders or people who had done a lot of volunteering within the church. And one of the main things that they adjusted from the results is that um, they helped people to pastor other people within the church. They helped them to what they call pastor the local community. They taught them how to be shepherds or how to care for people. And this actually really helped church members to grow further into maturity in their, in their spiritual walk that actually... And when they step into a shepherding role, they moved from a sheep to a shepherd. They continued to grow deeper and deeper with Jesus. And I think that's just uh, just amazing that even as we equip the body to do pastoral care, they actually grow deeper with God. Now, I've done a lot of different spiritual uh, gifts tests over the years with different teams and equipping teams. And um, from my experience, you know, there, there are some differences in them. But what I found is that there are the majority of church members who do take these and do spiritual uh, gifts tests is that there are a large percent, I would say over 50% of people who take it are, are have some kind of gift of caring. Um, and 
I think that, that God meant it that way because if everybody was an evangelist or everybody was an apostle or everybody was a pioneer in some way, the church would just fall apart. That actually we need to be caring for the body, that we need to be equipping the body, that we need, yes, we need those people who are out on the front lines, but we desperately need people who are developers, who are going to help people to grow deeper and to care for people in their spiritual needs. I think one of the best strategies that I've come across was from the church that I served at, at St. Thomas Crooks. Um, and, and there was a lady there called Heather Anders, and she was the, the head of the pastoral team. She put together what's called the root to care. So the root to care is um, there, it's the idea that there are ordinary Christians, there are everyday Christians that have some capacity to do pastoral work. And what they do is they start with their, their small group leaders. They equip them to do pastoral work. And they also equip their cluster leaders to do pastoral work. So um, their, their small groups they call cells. And then their missional communities they call clusters. And, and both of these kind of leaders would be equipped to do pastoral care. But also they equip other people who in the church who, who might also feel called so they might not lead a group, but they, they feel called to do pastoral support. Um, but the main group of people that, that do the pastoral care there is actually the small group, the cell leaders, and the cluster leaders. And then obviously there's like the ministry leaders, they would do the pastoral work as well. And then obviously the head pastor would do, you know, do some as well. Um, but what they, what they would do is... Um, that, that it stays kind of, it's like kind of like almost like a chain of command, right? That most of the pastoral work, and this is actually a quote from Heather on the website, and I'll, I'll put the link to this website on there so you can check it out as well. They say that 95% of pastoral care happens within small groups. That to me is amazing. From working in churches, um, being a part of, of church leadership teams, so if you can get 95% of pastoral care that is awesome. Not only is that releasing the burden from the pastor or the, the ministry leaders, but also you're equipping people to do the work of Jesus. You're equipping, I love that, that ordinary Christians to do shepherding with people. And that means that they're growing in their spirituality. They're becoming more Christ-like and participating in shepherding. So it's like that the body is caring for the body. Now, one of the really great things is that, that they have is uh, they have they've built in a referral system, right? So, um, and and what they call it is a, a confidentiality circle. That's kind of the the word that they use um, when somebody is is sharing kind of a um, uh, kind of an issue in their life with a, with one of the pastoral team. And what this does is it, it it releases the person, the pastor, from an unfair burden of secrecy. I think because, you know, if somebody shares something with you and, you know, it's something that is, you know, um, you know, if somebody's having suicidal thoughts or if somebody's struggling with an addiction, that's too much for somebody to hold on to all by themselves. And and nobody should should share all of the burden with with kind of these secrets, these pastoral secrets. But what they do is they make a confidentiality circle for people to kind of share with others this kind of the burden of pastoring. And so there's a lot of accountability there. That means that the, the cell, the cluster leaders, the church leaders, 
and the pastoral team are all part of this confidentiality circle, which I think is a really good approach because what it means is it's not going out to all of the church, but it means that the people who are caring for you in your small community within your church know how to shepherd you and care for you and listen to you. And so, um, yeah, this is, I think this is a great strategy that Heather puts together. And I think it's one of the best in the, in the world. I think she should be consulting churches out there and, and how to do pastoral care. Because, yeah, if 95% of the pastoral work can happen within a small group, that to me is just, that's, that's, that's the body caring for the body. And that, I think that's really exciting. So what are some tips for you in in building a team of of people? And you might not want to do, you might not have a structure of of small groups or missional communities or or even a large ministry team, but how can you start building a team? Well, the first thing that, that I would look for if I were you is I would look for people who are really good at listening and, and have them fill out a spiritual gift survey, right? Um, we do one at Church Doctor Ministries. It's it's awesome. But yeah, finding out your spiritual gifts. You know, can they listen or can they learn to listen? See, I think most of the time for the majority of issues, I'm not saying all because there are some some things that 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 obviously people need um, further counseling or more. Um, I guess referred on that that would probably be the right word. Uh, but I think many of the times people just want to ha- be heard, right? The majority of people don't want um, a solution or to be told what to do. They just want to be heard. They want to have an arm put around them and they want somebody to pray with them. So yeah, can you find somebody that can listen? And can you find somebody who will pray with them and let Jesus Christ do the transforming work? So find people who can listen and find people who have the ability of just praying with somebody. Also, I think one of the the biggest things is to know is to know when to refer. That was one of the the best things I ever learned in my pastoral ministry class at um, seminary was what are the looking at the signs of referring somebody to a counselor? When is it above my pay grade? Uh, I might say that's kind of what that's kind of like how I think about it is. um, And I always think, when is it okay to refer? Well, I think it's good to refer when somebody is not making any progress, um, when somebody is dealing with something that's an addiction or a mental health issue. I think that that to me is above even the head pastor's, most of head pastor's expertise. And I think it's really good to be able to network with uh, other Christians in your community or other professionals in your community, uh, people who are actually equipped and trained and went to school to do this because, um, you know, I think often that, you know, we think that we take on these things and I I think it becomes such a big burden and we don't have, you don't have to fake it. You can just, you know, say that, and and it's the best to say, you know, I think that you're going to need a referral, um, to, to somebody, to somebody else who's actually equipped to do this because there are some serious issues that pastors just can't do. So you got to know who to refer to. You've got to know who are those contacts in your community. Who are those people that you can trust um, in your church community, even in your neighborhood, that you can refer people on to, to professionals. And so you got to know when to prefer. And I think with lay people especially, they got to know when to ask help to the pastor, and the pastor needs to know when to ask help to experts in the community.
I think one of the most important aspects of referral is that the pastors um, or, or even, you know, the lay leaders, that they're still there, that it's not a referring is not an abandonment. It's not saying here, it's not passing people off completely. It's the point that pastors can still encourage, pray and visit people and referrals just help get people to the people or to the right people that can actually help them in their needs. So yeah, not only uh, uh, does uh, equipping people in the body of Christ uh, help people, they move people from being sheep to shepherds and help them to grow in their spiritual community, but it also takes off this huge burden on pastors to have to to counsel every single person and, and to care for every single person in the community. I think, you know, I'm a big believer of the body praying for the body or the body caring for the body, that ordinary Christians... That's the, the terminology that Heather Andrews uses, that ordinary Christians have some capacity to do pastoral work, that, 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 that people um, can do pastoral work, that 95% of pastoral work can happen within small groups. And I think that's even a, a better picture of the church, that the, the body is being caring for the body, that, it, that the church is edified and is brought into maturity as we all work together, as we all use our spiritual gifts for the kingdom of God. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have any other strategies on, on how you do pastoral care work in your church, I'd love to hear that as well. Um, I'd love to always continue to learn. And so please do share those uh, with me as well. So um, please let me know any questions you have about today's podcast. I hope that you've learned something today, and I hope that you just sense God's blessing upon you um, during this time. Well, thank you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. Grace and peace to you. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Big Church, Small Church Podcast, a Church Doctor Ministries production. To download the show notes, go to thesendmovement.com. For questions, coaching, or other network opportunities, contact John Hunter at J-O-N-H-U-N-T-E-R at churchdoctor.org. If you've liked this episode, please give a review, subscribe, and share it on your social media platforms. 